Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. On today's episode, I share with you the meaning and the purpose of the Greek word kathizo. It means to get comfortable in the seat of authority that God has given you. Don't we want to be his door into history? We live right now in a particular hour of history, and we want to make the greatest impact possible. So listen today. I hope it encourages you to continue in your personal process with God. Hey, everybody. So great to be together today. As I speak with you today, I am literally sitting uh, by the window of my fabulous hotel room in Wuch, Poland. And my heart is so stirred as I considered what to share with you on this episode of Tent Talk. So thanks again for being with me. I'm looking out over a part of the center of the city, what some might call the citadel of the city. Citadel is a fortified center in some ways It means little city. It's like the city inside the city, the center of the city, the hive of the city. And of course, for us spiritually, that is who we are in spirit. Our spirit is the citadel. It's the core. It's the hive. It's who we are. And it's where everything is occurring in you, between you and the Father. This is where spirit to spirit, you know, 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says anyone who has been joined to the Lord has been made one spirit with him. He has made you, my friends, he has made you new. There is a you that he wants to abide with. He wants to be one with. Remember, he already has Jesus. Jesus came so the Father could have you so that Jesus could have brothers, so that the Spirit could have a temple. Isn't it amazing that in all the places of the earth that God could choose to live, He's chosen to live inside of you and me. This is the hive, the center, and He has made Himself one with us, and He made us new, and I never grow tired of reminding people of this, that the reason that we were made new is so that we could be 100% compatible with him. We are like our Father in nature. We have the mind of Christ. We have eyes and ears to be able to see and hear in the Spirit. We can walk and sit and run and stand as the new man. And we have to own who we are so that we can get on with the business at hand, if you will. And so today, I'm going to attempt, all right, I'm warning you up front, this is an attempt, okay? Not a perfect execution. This is an attempt to share something with you that is just coming to me again and again and again. The importance of us getting comfortable in our seat at the table with the Father. You know, it's one thing to take your seat at a table, but to get really comfortable in that seat, 
so that the purposes for which you have been placed at that table can be accomplished. And always and foremost, from the Father's point of view, his desire is deep abiding oneness, deep abiding intimacy with you, that the two shall be one. Now, I don't want to become such a, a, a you know, sharp teacher that I could teach all of this to you. Um, what I would rather have happen is that I attempt to tell you that it creates a hunger inside of you that you will seek him and he will explain these things to you. He, directly to you, face to face, heart to heart, in the true yoke, the true embrace that's spoken of in Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, Song of Solomon 2, verse 6, that there will be such an exchange between the two of you, such a oneness that it will bring maturity to you, and you will be able to walk more and more with every passing day and week and month and year, that you will be more tuned to him, that you will uh, know his ways. I was recently reading the other day in the Message Bible, and it says he schools us in his ways. And this is where it can happen. I don't want such an anointing that I can speak so eloquently that people walk away with nothing but head knowledge. I want to be a messenger who is the message. I want you to be a messenger who is the message. We are what we speak. He has made us uh, flaming messengers of his love and of his life, of his desire, his glory, his honor, his satisfaction. And that is what will then create such a deep hunger inside of people that they then will want to go into that place. They will want to know him. They will not walk away with your name on their lips. They will walk away with his name on their lips and a hunger inside of them that can only be birthed by the Spirit of God. And it is God's plan that that passes from one of us to another. And so today, my attempt is to share a little bit about how Will we fulfill the Father's heart's desire? Getting comfortable at the seat, getting comfortable at the table. You know, one of my favorite quotes uh, from Richard Foster out of this, his book, The Celebration of Discipline, that I read at every cross encounter, I carry it in my books with me everywhere I go, um, is this quote. It says, In our day, Heaven and earth are on tiptoe waiting for the emergence, the manifestation of a spirit-led, spirit-intoxicated, spirit-empowered people. All of creation watches expectantly for the springing up of a disciplined, freely gathered, martyr people who know in this life the life and power of the kingdom of God. It has happened before. It can happen again. End of quote. I absolutely carry this with me because this is what I want to produce for the Father. Just whatever my part is, I want to make my contribution to this spirit-led, spirit-intoxicated, spirit-empowered people because this quote um, is birthed out of 
the scripture, Romans 8, 19, that says, for even the whole creation, all of nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits the revealing for the disclosing of their sonship. And we have to know who we are and we have to know whose we are so that we can begin to get comfortable, so we can begin to function with him, that we're an expression of his life, we're an expression of who he is, that we, each of us, would be able to say, if you have seen me, you have seen my Father. You see, there can be a citadel, not only within us personally, in the spirit, as who we are, but then there could be a citadel, if you will, in every city. There can be fortified places within every place that will allow God to come and to rule through the bended hearts of men and women of all ages, all ethnicities, okay, that we will be able in all generations to be able to see that there will be places and centers where not only is God in us, but he's able to break through us and begin to rule in the heavens. The atmosphere can be cleansed. The pollution can be taken away, that the demonic is able to keep blinding people. Otherwise, the Bible says they would see the glorious news of the gospel and they would choose him, but yet they are blinded. So, of course, God has to deal with the corruption in us so that when you and I speak, we are speaking from a place of purity, that our language is of the, the language of heaven, if you will. It's the, it's the absolute, stout, pure truth of God. But do I live in it? Am I um, letting it change me? Am I now speaking truth with others? You see, because the fresh air of the Spirit has to come straight out of us. So getting comfortable in our seat of authority is very important that we begin to know who we are and we begin to function as who we are in our everyday life. This isn't trying to have some high and mighty speech, you know, the, the vanities of repetition and looking good, you know, and all of that. This is the internal purity breaking forth. I don't have time to go into it, but you can look in Zephaniah 3.9. In the Amplified Classic, it says he's going to purify our language. And then we're going to be able to speak his name, call upon his name. And then we're going to be able to serve in a unanimous consent with one united shoulder bearing the yoke of the Lord. All right, so I'm about to lose myself right here, okay? So I'm looking out over this city and I'm like, yes, Lord, you know, because when we begin to let him work in us, we sit in our seat of authority, we get comfortable with him, he instructs us. He's our Father. We know Him. Uh, we are daily being changed um, and transformed from within in this deep abiding uh, relational, um, you know, community with Him, with each other. It's very real, very stout. And, uh, you know, and listen, that's going to begin to clear the atmosphere because then when you pray, my friends, when you begin to worship, it is going to pierce the heavens. And so this can really all work together. So let me see if I can, now that I've shared a little bit of my big picture, if you're able to catch all of this. 
So remember, my job is not to be eloquent. It's to, I'm hoping that it, the Holy Spirit can create hunger in you, that you'll seek this out for yourself. But there's a word in, in Scripture, a Greek word, kathizo. And uh, I've been reminded of it. Um, I knew it years ago. And then it's kind of like one of those words that kind of goes dormant in your life. You're living it and operating in it, but you forget the depth of it. And then you, therefore, you don't always share it with others. But um, I'm being brought back to the importance of this as uh, since January. What is this? This is the end of September. So for the last several months, I've been perusing through the book, The Kingdom at War, uh, by our friend Alan Vincent, written and taught over many, many years of his ministry. And the fact that I'm here in Poland where he, you know, I'm standing on shoulders of great men and women and uh, just taking the baton and running this next leg of the race. And so I just give honor to Alan and Eileen Vincent and and um, all that they've done to pour into the nation of Poland and many other nations. But this book I've been reading and mulling over and chewing on this and meditating. And I've been sharing just a little bit of it while I've been here of the importance of us um, being seated with him and getting comfortable so that we can literally see the things that we teach, preach, and hope for become the living demonstration of the Spirit and the reality of our lives. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and so it talks in here, <clears throat> excuse me, and says uh, in the scripture, Acts 18, 9 through 11, um, Jesus appears to Paul in a vision and says, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. Now, Watch the correlation. I've been talking about pure speech out of Zephaniah 3.9. Jesus is personally saying to Paul, do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent, for I am with you. This is the abiding. This is the abiding, Jesus and you as one. And he says, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Verse 11 oftentimes is not well translated in a lot of English versions. And the word which is translated uh, in verse 11, where it says he continued, all right, is again, is a, this Greek word, kathidzo. And what the translation really would be better off to say is that he sat down there, all right, kathidzo. He was getting comfortable. He was starting to learn to sit all right, there. So a good paraphrase of Acts 11, I'm sorry, Acts 18.11, would be Paul was able to continue because he chose to sit down with Jesus on his throne and exercise the authority of that throne by faith over the civil authorities of that city so they could not throw him out as had previously been done in other cities. And therefore, my friends, Paul remained in the city in spite of the opposition, for another year and six months. This is so powerful to me, and I pray that it's going to be very uh, powerful to you because we've got to learn what it means to really abide, continue, remain, stay. Do not be moved from your place of authority. 
when the enemy comes whispering, when opposition comes, when people tell you this or that, you need to lean back in your chair, okay? You, because any of you that have spent time with me, we've done encounters together, whatever it may be, and I've done this picture where I have the table and the three chairs and it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we talk about how they have given you a seat at the table. They have set a table for you in the presence of your enemies, and you take that seat and you, you realize who you are to them and in Christ and the purposes for that. See, the end game has got to always be pressing forward to Father, what is it that you want? Because he is so satisfied to us. We let him tend to us, raise us, love us, nurture us into the stout, powerful sons that he has wanted. And trust me, no matter what you're feeling today or facing today, the Father knows how to raise sons. Look at Jesus. And Jesus has come to live in you by the, by the sharing of his life. My friends, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has poured his life into you so that you can live as a son. He has given you Holy Spirit to be one with you so that you can be matured as a son so that then there will be many sons of glory in the citadels of the cities around the world. We've got to awaken to the fact that they do have a plan and they are well able to execute that plan, but we have to be awakened. We have to begin to get sober and alert. And so here's Paul walking through the real life circumstances of his life and he is continuing. He is going to stay. He is going to learn directly from them as he abides the strategy for a particular city, a particular assignment, and what it is that he's to do. You may need a strategy for your children. You may need a strategy within your business, but God wants to come through your business. God wants to come through everything that you are a steward over. God wants to have a doorway into history. You are a doorway into history. Lift up your head, O gates. We are the entry points of God into the earth. He's looking for a door into history right now. And I can be that, whether I'm sitting here overlooking the castle here in Wooch, Poland, or if I'm doing my dishes at my sink in Sealy, Texas. Do not let the devil define your day or your season. You own it for God. And you bring it into the obedience of Christ. And you let him school you. And you sit with him. And you walk with him wherever you go during the day. This word kathiso means I get comfortable even though I might be in uncomfortable circumstances. Even though my flesh may be, you know, freaking out inside of me, I, the new man, lean into the person of Holy Spirit who is one with me so that he becomes the power. He is working something inside of me. He is making real what is already mine in Christ. But that is not the end game. The end game, my friends, is why I open up my mouth and I will speak and I will declare and I will move with God. I can be his hands, his feet. I will speak because he and I are one. And don't make that some hyper-spiritual thing. Look at Jesus 
look at our brothers and sisters in the scripture. Let's, let's look at those that have finished their course uh, through the run of history. And we begin to get a picture of people that labored and they worked and they loved and they you know, were in the ordinary drudgery of every day. But God was able to impact um, people and win people to himself. All right, this is part of the end game is to win people to him. You know, recently I drove over into Germany uh, just for a day and went to Hernhut, Germany. You should look into this, the Moravians. And their motto back in the 1700s was to win for the Lamb the rewards of his suffering. Jesus travailed in his soul. And Isaiah 53, 11 and 12 says that he will see the fruit of the travail of his soul and he will be satisfied. So there is an aspect of the end game. You and I are not the end game, my friends. Your healing is not the end game. Your healing is a means to the end. Get healed, get up, and let's get moving. Let's live the life that God has given us to live. Let's, let, let's be willing to be trained. Let's be willing to stay with him. Let us learn to kathizo, that we might be able to sit down with Jesus because we have a seat in heavenly places. And we get a seat in heavenly places in Christ. And Christ gets walkings in the earth through you and I. So we want to be those who begin to see the quality of life of the kingdom begin to literally begin to flourish through every aspect of the culture. That the life that God has given in us can also begin to be how governments begin to operate. That, and we're not talking about some weird militant thing. We're talking about when the kingdom is in the hearts of people, then there is a quality of life that begins to break out that expresses who God really is. This, my friends, ought to burn in our hearts. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Paul was learning thoroughly that in his spirit, that no matter what was going on around him, that he was learning, my friends, to remain seated with authority on the throne with Jesus. I love this. You know, and as a result, here in this context of Acts 18, you know, as a result, a very large church was established in Corinth. And there was breakthrough and breakout. And we need to see the church established, strengthened, equipped, confirmed, released, operative. Because the people of God are all over the cities. They're in every place. Don't come to church and think this is the only place to be effective. This is the, but the church is a place where we can be trained and equipped, but to go. Go, he says, and lo, I will be with you. He told Paul, and he tells you and I, do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. Why? Because I am with you. We are uh, together. We are abiding. And there ought to be fruit from that, that we can gather up, if you will, the, the spoils of his victory. And we want to be those that, like Paul, that we would be careful to hear the Holy Spirit and go through whatever training is necessary so that we can begin to move purposefully 
we can begin to move sharply that there is an actual demonstration of Christ in us, that as his church, that we are his people. We are an expression of him. We are an extension of his authority. And, you know, sometimes what gets in the way of all of this is what we think it's all going to look like. My friends, we don't know what it's going to look like until we go. So we've got to stop trying to picture what it's going to look like and then somehow produce the picture. We don't produce the picture. We don't even know the picture. I mean, most of us don't understand half of what we're saying. We know it by faith. We see it in the Word. God is speaking to us, but until we go with Him and it unfolds, we do not know exactly what all of this will look like. And guess what that means? It means it is increasing our dependency upon Him, which is what He loves. He loves for us to be in an abiding dependency upon Him. And this is an aspect of why I want to redefine discipleship, because this is what real discipleship should be producing in the people of God. In a very uh, steadfast way, we're going in. This is organically happening, my friends. It is not man-made. It is not synthetic. We can't get on growth hormones and try to, you know, unnaturally produce this. This is produced by the Holy Spirit within people. And God does have a way. And we, we don't want to get hooked up on any particular methods, but there are ways that this happens. But let me tell you, the, one of the main ways that it happens is from one disciple to another. And the passing on of this generation to generation. And building a culture of real discipleship within a body of, of believers is not a program. It begins to unfold according to God's design, according to the vision he's given to those leaders. Nobody can just come in and try to establish some programmed way, like we're just going to mass produce, you know. This is organic. And when you're growing things organically, that is not mass production. And so we want to be careful that we, we hear in particular cultures and, and uh, according to the vision of the leadership and, you know, because they're given a specific assignment and, and there's, a, there's a uniqueness of how God can bring this to pass. But, but my friends, if it can't really happen, I don't really know what we're doing. And, and so we've got to be about uh, this slow burn and the slow fire of real discipleship so that sons are produced. They're sitting in their seat of authority inwardly. That doesn't mean you sit at a table all day, okay? Just let me clear this up, okay? I, I do these visuals because I want people to begin to understand the reality in the Spirit. You know, understand the eternal realm is more real than me sitting in this chair overlooking the city. The eternal realm is, is the realm that will forever be and forever has been. And, and that we've got to learn as we mature how to live and function in two dimensions simultaneously, how to live in the spirit and walk in the earth and yes, heaven come to earth and, you know, open heaven and open people and crushing the corruption within the atmosphere so that there is a cleansing of the atmosphere and a breaking open so that old demonic principalities and powers of darkness will now have to bow to the new rulers in town which are the sons of the living God who humbly before God 
will receive the power from on high. They will learn to sit in their seat of authority, and then they will get up with all boldness and begin to live. They will not be afraid. They will speak. They will not keep silent in this hour. We will say with Esther and Mordecai, if we perish, we perish. But it's going to be Haman that's hanging on the gallows, my friends. The very things that the enemy is trying to uh, maneuver and build to destroy you is going to ultimately end up turning on his head because we are going to turn to the Father and we are going to learn his ways and we are going to love the will of God. So I'm releasing over you today the wisdom of the righteous according to Luke 1, 16 through 18 in the Amplified Classic that says, the wisdom of the righteous is that they know the will of God and they love the will of God. We are born of Jesus. And the same love that he had for the Father is the same love he's given unto me. I don't produce my own love for the Father. You don't have to produce your own love for the Father. We certainly cannot produce the trust and the loyalty to the Father. We cannot produce that. You are not naturally loyal to God. You're loyal to yourself, just like I am. Except when the cross begins to work in us and sift and separate and begin to show us things we would never know otherwise so that we then would share only in the life that has been given to us and in that life is the very gift of the faith of Jesus Christ given to you and I you know that's your faith my friends this is our like precious faith we have the faith of Jesus I have the ability to be able to trust the Father the same way that Jesus did. I don't have to hope nor wish. I can because I am allowing, I'm sinking into the very life, the very nature, the mind of Christ, the faith of Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. I live now this life by faith in the Son of God and by the faith of the Son of God. And so can you. And when that faith starts to be cultivated by a deep abiding dependency as we sit in our seat of authority with them, they will begin to cultivate. They will raise their sons. The child training that will take you from infancy to mature sonhood. And that faith starts to break forth season by season, becoming stronger and stronger you're going to be able to finish your course. You're going to be able to rule as kings in this life, Romans 5, 17 says. There are new rulers in town, my friends. It's you and it's me. But will we take our seat? Will we cathizo? Will we remain? Will we stay? No matter what the circumstances going on around you, no matter what is happening within you, you, in spirit, can make a decision and say, Father, your will is my will. And this, my friends, when the maturing sons get up, it is proof, according to John 17, Jesus said, when that kind of oneness begins to show up, the world will take notice. The world will be convinced that Jesus Christ is who God sent because now he can be seen 
in many sons of glory, and they are glad about it. Their heads have lifted up. They have come to attention. There is a sound that is going out, an influence and a sound in the spirit realm that's going to cleanse, cleanse these polluted, filthy spiritual atmospheres. Because can I just remind you that one of the filthiest things is our own goodness? That, that the word tells us our self-righteousness is as filth. So I am not just talking about, you know, strip clubs and talking about all the, I'm talking about the filth of the self-righteousness within the church, the filth of us trusting in our own goodness, the filth of us trying and performing and trying to earn and deserve and, and all of that. that, that is polluting the atmosphere. If people are praying to someone other than Jesus, that is polluting the atmosphere. If there is self-worship going on, if there is carnal worship happening, it is polluting the atmosphere. But God is seeking worshipers in spirit and in truth. Because in spirit, my friends, the citadel, the hive within you, is the only place of purity because we are born of the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ. Our only hope of anything, my friends, is Christ in us. And our only hope of purity is if the purity of life that we share in breaks out of our spirit. My friends, whatever has to happen to break you open to God, I pray that that begins to have its work. You stop uh, staying God's hand, meaning you stop grabbing his hand when he's trying to answer your prayer, when you cry out and say, Father, you know, more of you and less of me and all these things that we pray. And then the minute he reaches out his hand to actually answer our prayer and to, to bring a brokenness to us that releases the oneness of you and him moving together, you grab his hand and say, no, what are you doing? See, this is why we have to be schooled in his ways. We've got to hear from those that have gone before us. It takes one disciple to make another. And then that person has to, out of their freedom, then yield and say, Father, whatever it is that you need to do, come on, my friends, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent, for he is with you. Speak to him today and say, Father, I give you permission to break me out in the Spirit with you, that we might walk as one in this hour of history. Father, perform the word that you have written over my life. Make it real. Father, I want to get comfortable in my seat of authority with you that we can rule and reign in this life together, that people now will be able to hear your voice, Father, that many works of you, Father, will be able to flourish and be able to uh, bring many to know you. Can we pray that today, my friends? Can that actually happen can we actually ask the Father to do in us what he's always wanted to do? Surely we can. And I encourage you in this today. Cathidzo. Get comfortable in your seat at the table and learn to rule in the presence 
of your enemies because you're in the presence of your Father. You're in the presence of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And they have always wanted to have many sons of glory. I want them to have what they want. And I release over you today and in you today the power of the cross, the power of the Word of God, wielded by the power of the person of Holy Spirit. He loves you, my friends. He has come for you. And I thank you that today that you have listened here on Tent Talk because we're living under the tent of his presence. We are learning what it means to dwell and abide with him so that we can walk in the earth and be a door for him to absolutely walk through. That our words will be born of that incorruptible seed of Christ. No more anger and lying and manipulation and gossip, but the purity of truth spoken in love. The purity of that which we have received personally is now being released. And that when you speak, my friends, it's like laying a, a airstrip, a landing strip for the Holy Spirit who can move upon the words that you and I speak in our private conversations in prayer and intercession, and in pure worship before him. And as we worship, my friends, we will rule in the heavenlies, and the kingdom of God will actually be able to come into the hearts of people, and they will know him. And our numbers will grow, and this earth can reflect and be the kingdom of our Father. Let's do it, my friends. Let's do it. I love you all. Thank you so much for being on with me today. I hope that you'll share this and subscribe to Tent Talk. And um, I am just so glad, so glad to be a part of your life and that you are a part of mine. All right? Until next time, love you all. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.